Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have another legend of a guest returning. It is Tiger Lees. I'm going to keep this intro short, simple. We're going to get it started right away. We're not even going to tell you what this is about. So without further ado, Tiger Lees. All right, bud. Uh, thanks Hello. for coming back. Yeah. Um, I guess let, let's just do a little bit of a recap. You were on before. We were mostly talking about crypto and you're heading to Singapore. Now you've went yeah. to Singapore. What were you doing there? Share that experience with us. Okay, so um, the last time I was here, I was 15. That was a year ago, right? About a year, yeah. Yeah, and a couple months after that, five five months after, I went to Singapore to do a internship at a brokerage named JB Drex. Uh, yeah, they they have multiple office, but I went to the Singapore office, <clears throat> and um, yeah, I was kind of the junior broker there. I didn't actually touch the systems or anything. I did everything else except put the orders in or close the orders because I need a brokerage license for that. Mm. So um, people uh, people would message us on the Bloomberg terminal. You know what Bloomberg yep. is? Yeah. And then um, I put in the ticket. Uh, my coworker would put in the system. We'd stamp it, everything. And then once it gets filled, stamp it again, write it down, you know. And then we'd put it on the table behind us uh, where the orders would be filled. And um, there's also another table for pending orders. Or but this this sounds like it's a bit of bit. It's a little bit of manual work. Yeah, like old school. This is how they yeah. are they doing this for large orders or how does uh, like doing, institutional orders? Yeah, I yeah they have banks um, trading with them, mainly trading the the treasury bonds. Um, some might trade um, the indices like SP five hundred or Nasdaq one hundred. <clears throat> But um, mainly just the treasury bonds, like the U.S. 10-year, U.S. 30-year, and sometimes two years, two uh, years, five we're years. We're watching. We're watching the markets now. It's not the bonds are the yield. They're they're these treasuries. They're taking a hit right now. Yeah. We won't go too much into that because I guess people watching this podcast they want to understand who are these people on it, what's it all about, and what's your story a little bit. Um, let's jump back now. Before your was it more an an internship? Uh, yeah. How yeah, did how did that? Internship. How did that even come about? I mean, you're 15 years old going for your summer for an internship yeah. in Singapore in a brokerage firm. How did this all connect together? How did you even find this? So um, at that time, I wanted to be a trader, but I wasn't doing anything to well, pursue it. So um, when I when my dad wanted me to uh, find an internship, and one time he was having lunch with his mates, and then he's like, oh, do you know anyone who would... Uh, take Tiger to do an internship, and by chance he's like uh, he wanted me to go to him his brokerage. He's the managing partner at JB Drax, mm. so he invited me along for two weeks, and um, yeah, at that point I just learned a lot more than I knew before, like a lot more. Well, we we had PJ on last week, and he did he did some time in Singapore and I, I don't know if not we're not calling it jail time but he said it was definitely a different experience can you talk about your experience and the difference between living and growing up in Phuket and now I mean basically um living on your own not essentially on your own but having that um you know more grown-up experience in Singapore working in a brokerage firm uh, brokerage firm, firm. Yeah. and who are you living with what was that experience like and just talk about the differences um my dad's friend was out of Singapore, and so we stayed at his place. But I mean, we both think he just had to stay there, so we'd plant his 
uh, we'd water his plants. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he was kind enough to let us uh, stay there. And um, I took the bus to work every day. It was only like two Singaporean dollars, which is like 50 baht. Uh, so there and back two dollars well and who knows singapore it's probably yeah. rolls royce bu buses like yeah. let's be honest yeah it's pretty cool it's not it's not you're not picturing the bus in downtown detroit yeah uh, they just they they were standard buses but compared to here where there's like chicken buses yeah you know the chicken bus uh yeah it's it's a lot nicer i never I, i've been on chicken buses but never actually used them properly those, those properly like uh the jeep the jeepneys Right? Are they? I think they're like the blue uh, little pickup where people kind of hail them down on the side roads here. I think are those. What do you mean, chicken buses? Um, it's where it's the open bus that was. I think you pay to get on, and it's like no aircon. It's completely yeah. open. You know, it's just two sides, two two lanes. I mean, yeah, and just like a slot in the middle where you could also sit. Yeah, I think that. I think they also call them jeepneys. Same same thing. Um, mm -hmm. so when you're you're in singapore now this job anything in finance related it's usually long 12 16 yeah. hours 16 hours days did you actually have any chance for leisure time or was it strictly going to work and coming home um yeah i did i did have a couple hours after work I, i'd go in at, well it differs from the day on the mondays i had to go in at 5 a.m on like uh, other days my boss would tell me, to, oh, come in on seven tomorrow, come in at eight tomorrow. And then I'd leave at either five, six or seven. Uh, I think mainly five and six, depending on the time. Um, but yeah, I had a couple hours after, after, after work. So I was fine. Um, but I didn't have that much time to trade or no opportunities came about um, after work. So. so this, this type of work, it's still, it's more like, is it more go for work i mean some people will say you know it, it's kind of you're, you're just you're doing these more basic tasks to help the actual brokers get their job done uh yeah I, i'd say it's more like that but um i think when it got some bit uh got a little busy i did um make an impact make mm -hmm. a small impact but i think i did help now li living pj was on the podcast mm -hmm. so pj's behind the camera he's helping out a bit over here um he he explained his his time in Singapore and where uh, they can treat younger people a little bit different. Essentially, they can be a bit tricky. They can treat you like an adult. Did you have any strange experiences in Singapore? No, that everyone everyone was kind. Really, everyone was nice. Um, I think I think my coworkers were a little like restricted talking about uh, talking to me because, oh, the maybe the first few weeks, the first two weeks. No, first week, first week. I think they were restricted because I was wearing like a full white, um, what's it called? Full sleeve shirt. And they were all laid back with like clothes like yours. Mm. So like I was the only one in the entire office dressed up. And 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 my boss was also dressed up sometimes. Mm. But um, yeah, I think that, that like made us not too close in the beginning. But yeah, we're close now. Mm. How, how did you prepare for this job? I mean, you, I'm assuming you must have been nervous probably going in on that first day. What the hell am I going to expect? Am I even going to be able to handle this? Um, what was your preparation so you felt comfortable and confident? Um, well, I, before, before I actually went, um, I was doing a finance course, finance and economics, or just economics, uh, on an online website called Coursera. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I was 
learning about the economy there and learning about like theories. Uh, there's one that stuck out. I think the most well known is like efficient markets. Yeah, I'm sure you would know that too, right? Yeah, no, definitely yeah. not. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I haven't. Like, I don't. I haven't done. I don't have any time to do any Coursera studying. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, my boss also talked about uh, efficient market theory. It's where um, all news that are available re uh, reflects on the market. So, like, all news are, has already affected the market. Yeah, it's kind of, what is like, it, a buy the rumor, trade the news type of mentality? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. So well, the, like these markets, instant. these markets now, I mean, even as AI comes into play, yeah, most of the... The, the the future ideas coming in, the market has already built that in. For example, like we can talk about quickly on that without going too deep, like the Bitcoin and the halvening. Is this already built into the market? We know it's coming. Or yeah. like, so that's kind of the chicken or the egg there. What are your thoughts? On the Bitcoin halvening? Yeah, because yeah, that, that's another example of we know it's coming. Yeah. The market should already have this built in, but I don't think they have yet. Well, I, I think we... I think the market's just more preparing for it since we know it's going to happen, but not anytime soon. But when it does happen, I think it will reflect on price. Since what Bitcoin miners will be cut in half, right? No, the amount mined per block, right? Yeah, I mean, I know some miners, and they've explained to me that, well, if if you're not if you're not a commercial miner, commercial miners break even can be like nine thousand per Bitcoin, even yeah. get down to six thousand. That's their break even. Commercial, but I mean that's at serious scale. Yeah. Um. Let's say you're av like a smaller Bitcoin miner at I don't know eighty to hundred machines. Their break even now is about eleven, ten to twelve thousand Bitcoin. So that that's where they start to feel pain because you got to pay the electricity yeah. bill. But they were telling me that at the halvening, it's 24000 So that's why I kind of believe right now Bitcoin can't go too much lower because we know that the break-even of those miners come probably April, May 2024 is going to be about 24000 yeah. So how much lower can we go? Because that, that's where we're going to kind of see it, see it go down. Um, yeah, we can't really tell how far it's going to go down since um, the interest rate uh, interest rates... But I think they are slowing interest rates now. So the news is affecting the price and where it would go. So um, I can't, I don't think we could really tell in this market condition. Yeah, it's a bit, unless, uh, that's why it's it's very unstable. I yeah. mean, they just pause interest rates, but they said mm -hmm. they're going to hike them. I mean, that's why the whole current financial system, it doesn't make any sense. Bitcoin's the only system where in a hundred years, you know exactly what it's going to do. Yeah. The, fin the, the financial system, they don't even know what they're doing next month. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, we're gonna have to make decisions and see what banks collapse, and then decide from there. And well, we'll, well maybe we need to collapse some people that uh, aren't on our side. Yeah, I mean, if more banks fail, then Bitcoin could probably go up because that's what Bitcoin was made for. Yeah, after like two thousand thirteen, two thousand ten, the banking crisis. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was created to protect civilians from, uh, banks because banks lend out your money, and when people want to withdraw their money and there's so many withdrawals and they don't have the money. Um, hey, then just it do just a bank crash. run. Yeah. When you're working at these brokerage firms, now they're dealing with traditional finance. I mean, mm -hmm. again, you're dealing with things that are, are competitors to Bitcoin, like bonds and yields and treasuries. And you said you're dealing with the indexes as well. When you're at those, what are the, the perspectives of the people in your office on cryptocurrency? Um, I don't think any of them do crypto maybe some of them just like on the side at home for fun 
to see if it, they can make money. But uh, no, they don't really talk about crypto at work that much. Are they not allowed to or is this kind of like don't bring crypto to work? Um, I think they just don't want to since they're like on their brokering on really super duper serious um, instruments like uh, yeah, we have a Forex side over there and like six point six trillion dollars is traded every day. While like in crypto, there's one trillion dollars market cap in total. Yeah. So like I don't think anyone really cares about crypto. Think in the London um, part of JB Tracks, there is uh, some people working on crypto, but I'm not sure what they're doing. I won't go too much um, into yeah. it. I love it. I'm sure the <laughs> the audience doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but they will when Bitcoin breaks 250. Then you'll be all coming back to me, going, "You should have listened." I think it's probably going to five million in the next 10, 15 years. But hey, that's my guess. I think by the end of the decade, we break 600,000. I said it, clip this, reel that, timestamp this. Re- can Just put this as a scheduled release reel in like 10 years. Um, let's jump a, a little bit ahead. You had your experience in Singapore. You came back home. Um, when, when you came back here, were, were you going back to school or did you immediately transition into what you're doing now at 444 Media? Yeah. Um, when I got back, I continued with my high school diploma. I recently uh, got my high school diploma, I think maybe early February or late February, just somewhere in February. So then I'm done with school then. And then um, after that, I went to 444 Media, yeah. So you've graduated high school. You're at pretty much before 16 or right around 16? Right around 16. And So what is the graduating age of high school? Isn't it like 17, 18, almost 18? Um, well, I did it uh, online, so I got high online high school diploma, and um, it's called Penn Foster. Mm. And um, I read, I read on Reddit and see the the ages of people graduating. Some of them are like fourteen years old, even some sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. So yeah, it's like fourteen to eighteen years old, and they've graduated at those ages. So how does that break the traditional education system? I mean, why would anyone have to go to public school? I might as well go do it online. Um. I think it's better in person in case you have any questions, but online it's more self-taught because they give you like reading material and you go through it and you kind of understand it. And there's these flashcards where you uh, look at the word, click on it, and then you understand what it means. And then there's just like a summary of the whole thing. And then like you get the information like that. How how do you, how can you take a test now? I mean, you're taking it from home. Mm -hmm. You got one screen test, one screen chat GPT. What's going on here? (laughs) Um, uh no um yeah there's the test is online where you press it's more like a quiz actually it's multiple question it'd be like twenty questions and they give you they'd ask you the questions and then just multiple is there someone monitoring you live uh, so no. to make sure you're not cheating no oh my god I should have just done this in high school how how does that transfer over when you want to go to university do they take this high school diploma is it credible are you able to get into um you know some of the more prestigious universities with it? Uh, I think you could get into some universities, but the more serious ones, I think you need a um, better, more secure diploma. Uh, that's why I'm actually going to boarding school in two months. I'm going to UK for two years and then um, oh, to a school named Cranbrook. And I'm going to board there, like I said, two years. And then um, I'm going to get my diploma from there. So it's more secure and everything. It's just something I have to fall back on. 
Okay. And do you think you'll be going into that school? I mean, you've graduated high school, yeah. so you're just going to be relearning information? Yeah, kind of. Um, well, actually, I, there's this thing called the sixth form where I think uh, international students come in. And um, I'm not sure how it really is because my dad just talks about it. Um, but I pick three to four lessons. The fourth one is optional. And um, I picked mathematics, economics, business studies and i picked politics too mm. yeah um i might drop politics if i don't like it but i thought it'd be good for fundamental analysis what about psychology yeah i don't think they had psychology a lot of i think if i went back i, I would thought, i would yeah. study psychology because i feel mm -hmm. i feel with mathematics and finance it's everyone can learn the same you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's very black or white but I feel like with a little bit advanced psychology, not a degree, but some courses that allows you to get a bit more creative on maybe your trading or your ways in business as well, um, instead of becoming too robotic. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at trading. A lot of people see trading in different ways. Um, I did take a trading course and I, I'm in a Discord group and learn there. So, um, and like people see different setups from I do. I'm like, wow, I didn't even see that. I could have like, because, um, I, I, I'm not even sure how, cause I trade supply and demand zones, which some people call it support and resistance order blocks. They mm -hmm. have, it has a bunch of different names, but, um, I, I just call it supply and demand. It's easier to call it that. And, um, people would <coughs> get setups on different pairs where I see, but when when they have it set up, it looks a lot cleaner than when I look at it. I'm not sure if it's their format or anything, but yeah, I think I'm going off road. But no, no, no. That, that so you're sure. you're doing your own type of for, forex trading personally yeah. for yourself. This is something. Is it for monetary gain or is it for education? Um, both. I I do like trading. Uh, I transitioned from crypto trading to forex trading. I did indices before that, but um. I wanted to try out Forex and I kind of stuck to it. Um, so then, so then I wanted to become a Forex trader, you know, trade with prop firms. Uh, I did pass phase one, but unfortunately it kind of overlapped with my internship. So I couldn't trade uh, phase two. Um, yeah. Now your own Forex trading, what pairs are you trading? Obviously uh, the typical top tens, or are you focused on maybe two or three pairs? I'm focused on like 14 pairs. It's like everything. Yeah. GBP, USD, Euro, USD, yeah. AUD, USD. There's Japanese pairs like yeah. USD, JPY. Yeah. So are you, are you, yeah. are you personally, are you, we were talking before now, I thought that was related to your, your job in Singapore, but personally for yourself now, are you day trading essentially like, uh, again, uh, analyzing our four hour candles and entering on 15 as well? Um, before that I was the, uh, the, the first time I got into forex uh, trading, I did scalping first. I only scalped the London like five or one minute, five minute, Fuck. five minute London session GBP USD. That's just you might as well just flip a coin. Yeah, um, I was using RSI as well, so yeah. and like um, the SMAs or EMAs, fifty EMA and two hundred EMA, uh, and um, yeah, I actually, uh, you know, FTMO right. FTMO. Yeah, that's a prop firm. I think that's the no. most the most popular prop firm. Uh, and they have this free trial where you or just a demo and you just trade for free just to test um, your skills. 
I did that and I passed like the first phase like three times with that. I'm like, I can do this. I'm so good. And then I took it and I failed. I flopped. I'm like, what the hell? So that has something to do with psychology, definitely. Were you trying to trade patterns? Were you, I'm assuming you were probably telling yourself, don't FOMO. Yeah. Is yeah, it, I literally have a whiteboard yeah. and it give me a lit. Uh, I write, wrote uh, the list of criteria and at the bottom it's in red, don't FOMO because <laughs> I FOMO'd so much in the first phase. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's when I when I was doing uh, Forex, I, I just found the problem for me personally with Forex. Mm -hmm. I, I used to, do, I did it for like six months, like 12, 16 hours a day. It's hard to do it in Thailand because we get, we hit all the time zones here. Yeah. Because you can get up at six, you can grab the Japan, Australian, then you pretty much ride that to lunch. And then at three, you're grabbing the, the European market wakes up the and then you ride season. that till six and then boom, the American. So it's, the problem was like, you never want to stop. They don't get that luxury in the U S cause they have, yeah. they, we go to bed. Right. So the problem that I had with Forex at the end of the day, you're just watching this chart. Your brain is like, you're about to snap and you're like, I might as well, I'd rather just play poker stars. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> at least like I can look at some cards. <laughs> like that's what I, my, my, my problem with it was uh, initially. And that's why I stopped. And yeah, you make a little bit of money, but people don't realize like you're going to be lucky to win 60% of your bets. Mm -hmm. Like people yeah, I'll win a hundred percent. No, you're not. You're just, it's just not gonna happen. They just have really large stuff. Like and this. if you're doing eight percent a month, wow. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh well, if I have this much capital and I leverage this much and I hit ninety percent, I make this much. No, this this is what everyone they do the numbers and yeah. they get their calculator and they dig their Excel spreadsheet and they think they have twenty grand and they're gonna be a millionaire at the end of the month. No, 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 no. You you don't understand that like markets you might see patterns you might use indicators you might enter on right rsi you know uh, uh depending on that those entries yeah. and the right you know stars of the crossing of 50 ma's and 200 ma's and you don't put stop losses and you get wrecked <laughs> yeah as just happens but um yeah i haven't actually done true um put actual money i've been trading demo oh. and doing the prop firms uh because i don't want to lose money yeah. and and i think it's more fun uh, to pass the f uh, challenges and um and i if i do lose i won't lose my money i lose prop firms money and i get 80 percent of the profits that's i think that's a pretty good deal so, so um, the, you there if you get to that mm -hmm. point then they let you trade with their money yeah w what is that second level i'm guessing probably five six percent per month five percent within two months within two months yeah so the first level was what three percent no first level is eight percent and you eight oh, percent in one month that's a lot. Yeah, and I passed that. Yeah, that, that, that is was fun. That is quite a bit. Okay, uh, sorry, people are like, what the fuck is he even talking? If oh, you don't, that was with uh, day trading. Yeah, people, if, if you don't understand day trading, I just skip past this part. Don't <laughs> worry, it gets better. Um, okay, I had an, uh, just a question thinking, when you're in Singapore, you're working these 12-hour days, you're 15 years old, like, did you get introduced to coffee? How the hell did you stay up and stay focused for those long days? Um, I think it was more 10 hours Okay. Uh, some days were probably, uh, uh, yeah, 10 hours on average. I think there might be some days those 11 hours or 12, but those were like once or two times, but, um, no, I didn't drink coffee, just snacks, just ate snacks and water. And, well, I guess you're yeah. young. You can keep yeah. going. And, 
And as long as you have the, you're getting enough sleep every night as well. I I feel like it, it'd be quite the burnout. At, uh, were you ever burnt out at any point or? Uh, no, I think I was fine. Yeah. Uh, but, my coworker was really, like, worked a lot. He like every single day he'd get in at five or seven, and he'd stay till like nine p.m. Are you your age or? Uh, no, no, he was uh, twenty five. 25, 26. Doing kind of similar to what you were doing as well. Uh, he he was like one of the main brokers there. Oh, okay. Uh, on the desk. I mean, th- there'd be a day shift and a night shift. Sometimes we'd um help the London office with the orders. So there's right now there's three, three on the night shift and three on the day shift. Mm, so okay, I uh, I want to jump back. We're gonna go. We're kind of yeah, sure. jumping around here. That's 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 the podcast. It's you get to follow my mad mind and see where it goes. Before we do that, um, we're do, gonna do a quick shout out to our sponsor, Five Star Marine. Um, if you're not familiar with who they are, Five Star Marine is a VIP luxury boat tour company on the island of Phuket. They're the only ones in all of Phuket that are going to allow you to basically create your own plan if that's what you choose. So typically, a lot of these speedboat tours they're going to decide where you're going what time you're leaving what's for lunch who you're with uh, which is a bit of a problem because imagine you're going to these islands off of pangna bay or ko pp for the day well all the speedboat tours are going to be at the same place when you're working with when you're dealing with five star marine they're going to take you exactly to where you want to go and they know a, a lot of the more hidden gems um, these captains are very well trained you're not going to have any of these problems that you've probably seen on the news let's not go into detail there so again, you can check them out at, at Five Star Marine Phuket. We'll put links in the description as well. And if you want that full um, private speedboat tour, hit them up. Okay, thanks a lot. And they're supporting this podcast, so that's very important, um, as you should. You support them, you support us. Um, okay, you're, you're now you're talking uh, about going to Cranbro- Cranbrook in the UK for yep. boarding school. Why not just do... A couple years here in in Phuket, BIS or any of the other international schools. Um, because I think it's my dad wants me to get familiarized with like the UK and how it's like to live in the UK, so I'll know where I want to live when I grow up, or if I want to stay in the UK and uh, kind of like fit in there. So, so being able to make the decision if you even if you would go to like an Oxford or a Harvard or these more you know top ten, top twenty schools. Um, to get that feeling of at least of that society. Yeah. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, I think it'd be fun to go to UK because I've always wanted to stay in the UK, live there. And um, now I'm getting to board there. Mm. So I think it's going to be fun and cool. I'm going to meet a lot of new people. Yeah, I, and, and at least it's it's a complete change of Thailand. Phuket's mm. kind of like uh, it's a giant amusement park here. Yeah. I mean, it's, not the re- it's definitely not the real world, but it is better here. I mean, yeah. in terms of uh, a lifestyle. What do you see yourself doing? What's your plan going to university if you go or you don't go? I mean, at, at especially at, at this age with all your experience, I mean, why not just bypass university and just start your own business, start doing your own thing and, you know, save yourself four years? Um, I think it'd be safer to fall back on a um, university diploma or is that what they call it? I'm not yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Degree. Oh, yeah. A degree. College, de- yeah. college diploma. Bachelor's yeah. degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'd be safer to get one. So I think I'm going to get one and, uh, try to trade, uh, try to trade, like, uh, try to trade full time. And, um, if that doesn't go well, but I'm hoping it does, and I'm just going to trade consistently, uh, I'll, 
um, work in economics and finance. I'll get one, get a degree in economics and finance so I could get a job and help my trading on the side. So what's the the dream here? Getting your own hedge fund going? Or? <laughs> um, I think the dream is just to get like a bunch of prop firm accounts and like make one trade a month and done. Mm. Go to sleep, <laughs> play games, have fun with my friends. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I want. Yeah, be at least you 3% know three percent a month. That's uh, you know, there, there's yeah, a lot right, a lot riding on that. I mean, yeah. when you're trading at that level, you're you're what you're probably looking at the the three day charts and maybe executing on four hour. Uh, no, well, right now I'm uh, right now I'd say I'm day trading. I switched from scalping to day trading. Um, I put up the zones or the supply and demand zones on the four hour, two hour, one hour. Uh, sometimes nah, not not 30 minutes. That's just mm -hmm. too low. But I do one hour to four hour time frames. And then I entry on either. If it was on four hour, I entered on one hour. And if I can't find an entry, I'd go down to 15 minutes. Mm. And if I um, if the zone is plotted from the one hour time frame, I'd go to 15 minutes right away. This this type of training, it's very high stress. It's very fast paced. Um, I, I mean, it, it's gambling at the end of the day. There is definitely a gambling touch to this stuff. Yeah. Um, and every degenerate like me loves it that, in that, <laughs> that sense. Would you ever, do you ever, would you ever consider, why not, maybe Stu's going to kill me on this. Why not why, poker? Yeah, why not poker? <laughs> why not? Uh, nah. Why is that? When, when, because I think that's just full-on blast gambling while well, this has some technical and reasoning behind it. Yeah, I see I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people living in Phuket mm -hmm. that are like poker millionaires um, really? just from playing online. But oh. they have, these are strategies. Like, they, they treat poker like day trading as well. They have rules and strategies, and they don't break them. And over time, that starts to, that's what, you know, makes them the money as well. Um for yourself, let's let's go back now. You're at four 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 media. Yep. You're focusing mo mo you're focusing on SEO, and we talked a little bit about that before the podcast. Mm -hmm. But how did you even get involved in that? Now, now you've gone from forex day trading yeah. um, to working at four 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 media on the analytics side in SEO. I mean, it's these are still two very different things. Yeah. Um, well. Once I fin once I got my high school diploma, I wanted to trade um, full on, you know, learn, do prop from challenges, pass them, trade monthly. Um, but my dad said um, that uh, I should go to this internship where my best friend Alex is going to um, because the school I went to, the school I used to go to with my sister and um, where all my friend go friends go to right now, mm -hmm. uh, Life School Puget, Um has a connection with 444 Media. So me and Alex are the first people to go to 444 Media. I think some more people after, a while after will come too. So um, I think it's like a mutual exchange. The kids get experience and uh, 444 Media gets free workers. Oh, well, shout out yeah. to 444 Media uh, for uh, <laughs> allowing Tiger to come on today. He's actually, you're on your lunch break essentially. Yeah. So uh, props to you guys. Check them out, 444 or media.com or yeah. what, is that it yeah. or for for media.com interesting <laughs> um for, for them now again you're getting into the seo and analytics side and like i explained I, I used to do black hat seo way back in the day um so i can talk about that as well but 
how did you prepare for that? You would have had to have taken a course. You can't just jump into SEO, uh, even on an internship. It's very technical. Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't do any, um, any preparing because I didn't even know I was going to do SEO. It just had me show up. I thought I was going to do ads or something. And then I found out there's a, a lot more to marketing than just ads. And, um, and I mean like Google ads and billboards. And then uh, once I got in, my boss just said, you'll be working on SEO fo and for the first couple of weeks where it's just me learning about SEO online. Have you heard of SEMrush, the tool SEMrush? Or SEMrush. Yeah, yes. SEMrush. Yeah. I say it's SEMrush. Yeah. Um, yeah, we mainly use that. And then now um, we got more SEO workers or just one more. So it's just me and him just going back and forth on ideas on what we should do. What are you doing with SEMrush like in, in terms of the tool? Um, well, we, we would use it to find um, PR, PR news and... Um, we also calculate the metrics. Uh, and then um, we could also see the bounce rate and all the metrics and see if it's worth paying them this much. And then I kind of, I made a formula on uh, Google Sheets to determine if they're worth the price scoring on like their visits, backlinks, their uh, bounce rate and um, et cetera. And um, the, they wanted, uh, 444 Media wanted a low ball a lot. So, um, so we'd get like the best price. Yeah, I um, mean, I get it. Essentially, you're, you're talking to a media company and that, that's yeah. the, like not your media company, I mean the PR companies mm -hmm. that want to charge you to do an article with them and they always have these ridiculous prices yeah. and they love to show you their stack sheets. We have 8 million we impressions <laughs> per day and it's like, okay, just what, what are, what's my, at the end of the day when you talk to these people, it's like, what's my ROI? Yeah. If I give you $10, how much are you going to make me? How many people are going to see this? Who's the audience? There's a lot of questions there. And usually all these stack decks are just, you know, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> bullshit. Um, and they'll give you a price. Then now you're taking that and saying, is this price? Do, does this price make sense? Yeah. Well, well, I'd say, let's say out of 10 PR companies where you do that analysis, do any of them make sense? Or nine times out of 10, it's just ridiculous costs. Um. I'd say seven out of ten. There's just ridiculous prices, but um, some of them are actually really worth it because they'd have like ten million visits a month with like ten million backlinks, twelve million backlinks for like three thousand dollars. Which um, if you put or dollars, dollars, yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um, once once you compare it to like the other other blogs, it is worth it. But it, we it's not. It's more safe to kind of diversify on um, the different news articles since um, then, since right now we're creating a list of uh, blogs and contacted them and trying to s negotiate on price. One of them, $60 and decent metrics. So, so what's, what's that, the math mm -hmm. there? We are, you're essentially, you have a client that is, uh, is it a hotel company? Let's yeah, say? probably. Okay. okay, so you got, or a hotel. It's an yeah. actual hotel, let's say, on the island of Phuket. They mm -hmm. come to you and say, I need you to drive traffic to my website. Yeah. You're finding these hotel bloggers, mm -hmm. travel bloggers, something uh, like yeah, this. Some. And then you're reaching out to them, which is no different than if someone was reaching out to an Instagram influencer and saying, can yeah. you do a post? You're doing it in that sense and saying, can you write a blog about me? Is that kind of the process? Um, yeah, kind of. We Right now we're, 
checking for Thailand blogs. So um, any any expats in Thailand would read or we're looking for at expats blog, which expats would read. And then we put our we're planning to put our um, blog on promoting either that hotel and we calculate the ROI, <clears throat> the ROI by yeah. how much it cost and um, the click through rate to what which the people would click read and visit the actual website and then the pers- and then again maybe 1% of those that actually visit the website actually um convert yeah convert so do you want some water yeah sure okay yeah. no worries um okay so let let's walk walk through that now do you have a pricing or i don't want to call it a, like a model essentially to say okay uh if, if this vlog gets a million views or i guess at that i i don't know no it's not, it's not really an impression a million uh views yeah um or let's oh, make it keep it easier if this if this if this piece of material has the potential to get 10,000 views something more realistic yeah and 10,000 people click and they're gonna read that what percentage are going to click onto my hotel that bring me to my landing page mm-hmm. and let's call that maybe one percent so what's that a thousand out of ten thousand a thousand people actually come yeah. and then of that what percent convert to a buyer and call that one percent maybe ten yeah. let's go let's call it ten so that that gives you a hundred people. So a hundred people buy, and what do they average spend? Let's call it a hundred bucks. So a hundred times a hundred. What's that? A hundred thousand? No. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Uh, so now, okay, they're going to spend ten thousand, and you want and you want me to pay you five thousand. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of how you're yeah, doing doing the math. That's how, yeah. But a lot of the times, do you have to take into variables <laughs> such as like a lifetime customer, um, um, like lifetime, the lifetime value of the customer? Meaning, like, if you're if someone's coming to stay at your hotel, well, that that's that price there today. But what what it, what percentage of those people are repeat customers? Because actually, right. now the the uh, you, you, your metrics need to change. Yeah. Do you take that into consideration? Um, well, the backlinks, uh, PR buying is, uh, something we've thought of recently, so we don't really have any data on it yet. Still, uh, contacting and negotiating the PR, uh, the pricing, uh, cause I think we're hoping to be like a long-term, um, PR poster. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm hoping we're getting like a discounted price, uh, in exchange as frequent posts. Um, but for the hotels, I know that we are doing mainly, um, Google ads or no, no. Facebook ads, sorry. And um, yeah, those are doing pretty well. Are you just doing <laughs> the analytics for the Facebook to determine or are you actually helping with the creative? Uh, I think, no, I'm I'm helping with, con- what do you mean by creative actually? Like, like actually, oh. okay, the, the, the copy, the, the maybe giving some direction on the, the images, the what is the article going to say? What's the copy going to say instead of just purely on the data side? Um. I think I think our quality manager kind of deals with that because that's what um, that's he's the creative person of all of us. And we also have the video editor. Um, He's also really creative and he does well social media marketing. And um, no, we just the quality manager would do it. Yeah, I think uh, I used to work in market analytics mm-hmm. and we would work with um, <coughs> another team. We would call it yeah. GIS, Geographical Information Systems. Mm-hmm. And they would help determine 
where you do the advertising outside. Right. And, and then we would do the analysis to determine who is the demographic. So the reason, like, for example, for that would be, let's say, a bus station in Singapore. What is the demographic of that bus station? Like, is it, is it, the, is it the 25-year-old mother with one kid? Or, okay, we're a cell phone company. Yeah. Okay, that's the ad. Yeah. What does she need? What's her pain points? Well, it's probably a discount. So it's maybe her with her child on the stroller. That's the creative. And we give that. Now, we, do we create the creative? No. But we give that data to say, this is what you should be doing. Now go create that ad for that. Um, that's a whole other side. GIS is like, it, it's very, uh, it, 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 there's their own programs for them. Yeah. I can't even, I forget the name of one of them. But they, basically, they're able to do like geospatial analysis to wow. determine like where they're going to be putting ads and whatnot. And that's, again, it's more like outside. I don't know if that's too applicable to Phuket, probably Bangkok. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, that's my crazy mind there. Um, <laughs> all right, before we, uh, my the viewers today are like, this is, you, we, I bored <laughs> them to death. I love this shit. I'm sure some of you might like it uh, of what's going on. Before before we wrap this up, so your next steps now, you're at 444 four, four, four Media yeah. And you're going to Cranbrook. So what month are we in? It's so hard. June. June. Yeah. You're leaving in September? Uh, August. You're leaving in August? Yeah. And you'll be doing two years. Are you going to be coming back um, during Christmas, like uh, December? Or are you going to wait until the summer again? Uh, I, I might come back just, just to see like my friends and everything and my family. Uh, maybe next summer or, or Christmas. But um, prob most likely Christmas, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I think we have a reoccurring guest here with Tiger. We're following, <laughs> if you're following this podcast, you're following his journey. My life. Um, who knows? Maybe like I'll be investing in his hedge fund as long as like I don't get liquidated by Bitcoin in the next 24 hours. Uh, so I, I think that that's going to wrap up another episode of the podcast. I don't know how long that went. I, I could have, once I go down the analytical train, I'm loving it. So anyone out there that loves Excel sheets and numbers, you might like this. If not, sorry about that. But you're probably still not even watching right now anyways. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, I guess the, we, we, we can't. Tiger's still under the age of 16, so we're not going to share his socials where you can find him. In two years, maybe we will. But um, we'll, we'll keep that hidden. We'll, I'll just put his dad's socials in the, in the description. <laughs> um, okay, th thanks a lot for joining us. That yeah, wraps up you. another episode. Uh, don't forget to buy our mushrooms. That's what we do. Fruiting body mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, supplements. It's great stuff. You're going to love it. Okay, and we're out.